Skype, and I've just started recording Audacity. The audacity of it. I can't see the screen because there's so many microphones in my, in my way. There we go, that's better. So, here we go. Motorhead Monthly. It is the year 2021, but we're talking about the year 2004 with Inferno. Fire noises. Pretty fucking metal title, isn't it? It is. I am... Like you, on last month's, this was the first album I bought when it came out. Ooh. So this has got a bit of a nostalgic feel to it for me. But yeah, I think from the outset, this is a bit more metal than a lot of the other albums, as will become apparent as we start yeah. talking about even just the backgrounds of recording. So I guess the first thing we need to talk about is this is the first album of now who went on to be long-time collaborator, producer Cameron Webb. Cameron Webb. Um, what else has he done on. that? Uh, pretty much everything after this. He did. Um, he produced some of Cascade into Chaos as well, which we've looked at previously. <laughs> Let's have a look at what else he's done. Because they have works with loads of... like. Like when we were going back and looking at some of the 90s albums and, oh, was it late 80s, like Orgasmatron and Rock and Roll, where you've got like Howard Benson who who did stuff for Public Image Limited. They have works with like some bizarre choices of producers. Mm. Cameron Webb has done a lot of rock and metal stuff. Let's have a look. And punk. He's worked with the Aquabats, which are scar punk, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's some 41. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a lot there, but I think from here he stays with Motorhead and pretty much does everything up until Bad Magic, I think. Are we going to agree that this is a, this is like a signature sound from this point? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Like, everything follows pretty much this, this sort of mix and sort of like blueprint that's set out from this album. Well, that's how I feel anyway, but... Because I would have said that, like, not not thinking about it on instinct, I would have said, "Oh yeah, from uh, we are Motorhead," then everything sounds like we are Motorhead. But I was, mm. I, I would be totally wrong because Hammered is a different thing altogether, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I do take the modern eras starting at we are Motorheads, sort of coming out of the nineties mm-hmm. and like coming from there. Say the mid the mid era as such, being everything after another perfect day to Snakebite Love, then the modern era from there. It does usher in a change, I think, and it's sometimes a good producer can produce, can bring the best out of a band. And I, I think, yeah, from every album from now that he does pull like a lot out of them. Like you can tell they've they've pushed themselves a bit more. Or, mm. in my opinion, like the songwriting's tighter. It doesn't really feel like anything's like a filler song in here. From I don't know if it's a nostalgia talking, but I don't get the feeling from this album that you have that one track where that was shit. We've got four hours left. We need to record a song. I don't get that from here. Again, that might just be the nostalgia talking, but yeah, this uh, this record feels like really polished, and it it feels like the band's back on top of the game. Well, if you see any interviews with Cameron Webb, he'll say like it was a challenge working with them. Like he was mm. the new face. He was the younger boy as well so like 
he had to come in there and say like this is how we're doing it while not having you know the age to justify mm. the wisdom behind that and you know and then there's the bringing pro tools into it more and all that stuff as well he he found a ways around that <laughs> He says in one quote that he the way he got around it was turning the band against each other. So like <laughs> play them something, and Lemmy would say like, "Oh, tear my bass up and that," and then Phil would hear it and say, "Oh, tear my guitar up on that," and then Mickey would say, "Oh, tear my drums up." So by the end, it just sounded garbage. So we <laughs> all aside one by one. We're like, oh, "You have to tell him to turn that down. You have to tell him to turn that down." Good way of thinking of it. I've I've heard that when he first met. For, well, probably pre-album discussions, and Cameron Rob says, "I want you to make a heavy metal record." Yeah, and they Lemmy was no, we're rock and roll band. We don't make heavy. Metal. <laughs> the thing that comes up a lot is like he wanted them to sound more modern metal. So his idea was like Slayer, System of a Down kind of thing, mm. which I, I guess lemmy wouldn't have been on that on board with but he just kind of worked at it in the background to make elements of it yeah i think it's it's a good compromise because you've still got the rock and roll style songwriting but just everything theme seems heavier like mm. i know there's a lot of new metal and everything going around at this point but but yeah it, ju- it just feels heavier it's more bass driven and everything and to be honest it, it works in the album's favor like maybe Motorhead ten years previous, it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked that well. But I I could see um, a lot of things on something like Bastards working well on on this record, but definitely not like the the Bronze Age. That yeah. just I just feel that wouldn't have worked. But the band's matured, and have, I know we we talk about you know Motorhead albums are all the same. There's just ones that are better than par. Mm-hmm. But there has been quite a shift from especially something like i mean from Boathead, obviously the very first album but even from stuff that's on bomber and overkill you couldn't you wouldn't see it on here so speaking of let's look at the album cover using the lp there man yep because i've got the cd double disc so my album's a bit different cover than yours yeah mine's a, a lot more focused on the because the LP feels or looks, sorry, it looks more orange and red and really bringing out like the those sort of colours on there. I think it's zoomed in a bit compared to the CD, if I remember. Because um, yeah. if you look, like and I, I only really noticed it once I got the LP version where you've got the guys at the bottom. It's almost right. like it's a foundry and you know, the molten, molten metal's being poured into the top of the logo. And then you've got the guys working on it underneath, so you can see them with like little hammers and pickaxes and things. But yeah, awesome, awesome cover. Just like this, this is the type of thing where you see it in in the shop, and like, yes, yeah. yes, this looks metal. This looks boss. It, it's very fucking metal. Yeah. Only it's supposed to be uh, Mars exploding. Yeah. Now it's um, after reading interviews with with Joe. Patagno, he he was saying like the Overkill album was a bit rushed, so it almost felt like a second draft of the Overkill <laughs> album. And I can kind of see that with the way the Warpigs being like like broken as things have been poured into it, being exploded. But yeah, it's just I like the three-headed Warpig part of it. Yeah, I mean, we've because that design does get used like later on for some of the anniversary 
um, not releases, but some of the anniversary logos and everything. So obviously it cleaned up and the um, the what's it called's taken away the um, the cracks and everything. But yeah, it's just awesome. Just like it reminds me as well of like I've forgotten what the thing. Someone correct me on this, but you know, there's that Japanese practice of like fixing broken things with gold. Yeah. So you can sit, yeah, and you've got like that in in the molten molten metal there. But yeah, That's a good yeah, point. Awesome. That, yeah. yeah, very fancy. And, yeah, and the fact it's like pouring out of the mouths and everything. Oh, it's just there's a lot of detail there. Like I, I love having the LP. This is why you get LPs yeah. to look at to look at artwork in in that level of detail. Which is why you should send your pictures of your LP collection to us uh, Moto Monthly on Twitter. Because I've just started a good motorhead war that I'm going to start bragging about. <laughs> uh, shall we get on with this album then? Because I'm dead curious to hear it. Yep. Go on, do you want first track? Let's start with the first one, eh? It's a good idea. What's that? Terminal Show? Terminal Show. It's like if an opener should set the pace and that's your opening, you're like, oh, we're in for a tree here, boy. It sounds so good, man. It's relentless as well. It's because there's there's no sort of guitar or bass intro. It is just straight in everything at once, and it, it throws everything at you in one go. Like, there's not even a chance for the riff to sort of settle on your palate as it were because the lyrics kick in straight away as well I I, I really love how this sounds like because they say how uh, the, the writing process is Mickey and Phil just coming up with how it sounds and then while they're doing that Lemmy's writing lyrics and he comes over with the lyrics and the bass later just the, the riff and the drums of that song alone are enough to win me over but then you add the whole lyrics on, on top of it it's fucking first class man like the imagery he comes out with, I mean, just the opening lines, the golden-eyed creature sits back in his throne, gazes at us in despair, 600 guests, humanity's best, are wondering why they're there. That's like four lines. And like, again, like we talk about this thing about, especially in music where you've got a limited amount of words to build a picture. And that's done several times in this song because it almost changes up what scene you're looking at, depending on where you are in the song, but just what more do you want? I mean, there's no rhyming scheme or anything, but I think that goes with the music because it's really 
fast and quick. Yeah. You use your rhymes sparingly when they're needed for like the choruses to make them stick out more. But it's, oh, it's just awesome. So much, so much good in it. I think it's one of those songs that, like, the premise is so well captured so soon in it. Like, it doesn't mm. need those memorable stark lines. It's you know we're all we're all just fucking dancing while the world bends is what this is about really yeah i mean just you're on about like the questions i pose and everything like i get just first sort of pre-chorus as it were all roads that lead here all roads are burned have we digested the things we have learned have we a chance when the dead rise and dance have we the time time for the final romance like all the rhymes that fit in there in that short space totally makes up for the previous verse and everything and like the the imagery that that brings up and like those philosophical questions like we've been on this road we've traveled this far have we have we come to learn anything from it no have we fuck <laughs> yeah i was gutted they never played this live and it must be because of the the steve Vai solo i think yeah, that, I that, that. yeah that brings because he's he gets on two tracks on this, and it, it I was always gutted that they never played this live, and I always put it down to that it needed him there playing it. <laughs> but mm. it again, we talk about like this sort of change up from being like rock and roll to to metal, and I think that's kind of what spurs it along, as it as it were, because you've got someone doing like just shredding rather than soloing on the like midway through, oh, it's awesome. Again, and going back to harmonies. Yeah, yeah, there is on the um, on the uh, on the choruses. Okay, just a lot of things like the harmonies on there, and then like convinced Lemmy it was a good idea, and then he, he saw how well it worked and kept putting loads more on. Yeah, it does work. Even like the the last chorus, just again oh, like little things, little double chorus with a key change. Like it's it's been done to death in songs, but it when you do it right, it works and mm. it, it works like every time. But that that last chorus is awesome as well. Like they, it picks up that spare. You don't think it can get any faster, and then it just gets that little bit faster. Mm. It's just it's so much in there again with like the wordplay and everything, where you can tell this wasn't written five minutes before it was recorded <laughs> we are demented everyone knows remiss representatives coming to blows what what more can you say with this not much <laughs> so only only downside is never played it live that's the only yeah. sort of mark against this but yeah love this track tell you what they did play live lots though killers Played that a hell of a lot live. Yeah, I remember that being in the set for a long time. Let's put that one on. Right. Drop your needle.
good bass in that man. Really is. Puts me in mind of like iron horses, just like the imagery it creates. So just like you know the the denim and leather army. Yeah, it's you know you it could it could it could be any time as it were because you you it could be you know the hark back to the ace of spades cover where they're all in the cowboy outfits but yeah. you could you could easily see it as you say on on motorcycles with the denim and leather with the badge of the ace of spades yeah 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 i can see that a lot <laughs> i'll tell you what my one beef with this is man go on the, the last verse killers we kill you till you die <laughs> Kills. Yeah, that's that's the one layer I play like that. It's, it's all so good and like rhyming battle and cattle sounds like something that should have been done a hundred times before, but I can't really think. But then you get to the end, and we'll hang you out to die. Oh, we kill, yeah, we hang your ass to dry, we kill you till yeah. you die, yeah, because again, they sort of go back to the couplets in this, but again, like slight change it up slightly so. You get the rhyme scheme of the the first verse being A B C A. Mm. No, A B C B, which is classic. We've seen it. We've seen it before. Just rhyming the the alternate lines, but also just putting the rhymes just within the same line. Like there's that. Just again, like little things to sort of change it up here and there. But yeah, it's also so many good memories there in this live. Mm. I like, think it's, this works better as a live song than it does as a studio song. Mm. Is, is that just the nostalgia kicking in? I I I like the album version. I think really? it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, with this album, do you like usually pick like, oh yeah, you listen to the first track and then you skip that one and then you listen mm. to the fifth and and like this, I tend not to skip anything just because. Again, like the first, like the first song, it it's nearly as fast in tempo, and again, it just comes out and hit, kicks you in the face. Like it's the quick, like once through from Phil and then away, and it doesn't stop until the end. I didn't really pick up on this, but you have got the double chorus at the end. But again, it's not noticeable because they haven't put the key change in. There's oh, a double yeah. chorus, but with no key change. So again, like slight things to change it up and make the song work. They could have easily just finished it after the last chorus, but keep it keep it going a touch. Put in the the dodgy "We Kill You Till You Die" lyric. Yeah, don't be good to double chorus if it's a strong chorus, which this definitely is. You know, it's an old school yeah. riff as well. It sounds like something from like Bomber. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not overly keen where where the killers like it's not exactly like. It's not Shakespearean or anything, yeah. is it? But it, it kind of works for like a good rock and roll song. Yeah. Again, in terms of downsides, that we kill you till you die, and <laughs> just the fact that the Killers came out shortly after this. Oh yeah, the band the Killers. Forgot yeah. about them. Just so, just the imagery again. Like yeah, we glory in the slaughter, the clash of steel and leather. The only song we know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all we know is this. All we know is war. Some bits yeah. down like thunder. Great imagery. Fantastic. Love it. But In the Name of Tragedy is probably my favourite song, maybe, on this album. And that's next. Yeah. So let's listen to that. Tempo change. Were you ever lost? Were you ever young? Were you ever 
How the, the tempo of that one, man. It's, you don't hear it a lot in Motorhead songs, but you've got the Maiden-style gallop. Like, it's you, you really don't hear it a lot in Motorhead songs, but it shouldn't work. But it, it does. And again, this is another one that, for me, became a bit of an instant classic. It's easily up there. I mean, it's a strong album, but it's up there in terms yeah. of what's the best on it. I don't know if you feel this way. I always was a bit disappointed when it was played live because it didn't sound as good live as it does on the album. Well, here's the thing about that. Like my favorite part of that song is the chorus, which mm. is fucking epic. And the hoofs work really good in the live environments. Yeah. Like, get it up, get it down until you hit the ground. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was really along. I was yeah. probably just was doing that along with it, but I, I still I get what you mean. I, just, I I don't know if it's just like the playing style didn't suit it for for playing live or or what. I don't know what exactly it was, but it always just seemed a bit off. But you know, it doesn't ruin the album version by any stretch. But yeah, again, love this song. You know, a classic. Lemmy style of just it's a song just listing things and asking questions. <laughs> so what what's it actually about? I've never really thought about this before. Seems similar to um Terminal Show where it's almost like describing scenes and you're almost moving on. Oh that's that's the way I I found it. So it's just another end of day song. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did you ever lie? Ever wonder why? No, ever wonder why nobody believes you, honey? What a pretty smile! Drive the people wild. Wonder run, who ran off with the money? Like again, like you can see the imagery. It's bringing up where someone's. Well, she's obviously robs some people through, like where I don't know if she's stripping or just using a sex appeal to do it. Did you ever change? Is it gonna rain? Will it bring you pennies from heaven? Is you know. Does this make things better? Is this gonna? Or are you just gonna carry on this pattern of behaviour? You wait for just be sincere. Can you really see all in the name of tragedy? Mm. So I guess it's about like having an awareness of the fucked up things that you're doing and how you're using it as the excuse of like, well, life's a shithole anyway, so I'm gonna be shitty. Yeah. And are you gonna learn from it? Which uh, what is it in terminal show where they say that? It's almost looking back on like the 17 years and it's like, would you have done anything differently? I'm not saying the whole album's like a retrospective like that, but there is a lot of not necessarily looking back at the career, but there's quite a few references to Ace of Spades and a few mm. other songs in there. But yeah, almost like looking back and would I have done things different? Yeah, would I have made that decision? Like, I mean, we are, I think everyone has that anxiety at some times where they, they look back on certain situations and events and just cringe at it. But I suppose, like, the, the difference is, like, you know, you learn from it and move on or you carry in that pattern of behaviour. Suppose if you do sort of cringe and shy away from it, then at least you've learned something. It's, it's an interesting take, especially considering how, like, this is when they're on, like, a good roll as well. Mm-hmm. Like the last episode, last last album did okay. This one did better, I think, chart wise. Yeah, like the the reviews. I I've not seen a bad review of this. 
Um, there's a lot of reviews that are saying it's it's Motorhead. You, you know what you're getting from this, but even those say, in terms of Motorhead albums, it's up there. The next song is Suicide, and that's like the longest one on the album, like five minutes something. Yeah, I've technically got a flip sides, or I mean, I've only got the electronic copy, but I would be flipping sides at the minute. So yeah, well, flip that disc, everyone at home, and uh, join us as we listen to Suicide. Long song about suicide. I've gone on record a few times with my disdain for long outros, but it was a pretty good outro for that. Yeah, it, Cameron seems to give it the song enough time to breathe, as it were, like the outro solos, because you can imagine on other albums, they're like, just cut it at 20 seconds, fade mm-hmm. out 20 seconds. But with this, they really leave it to breathe and to play out and then fade it off sort of just at the right time, I feel. as like just as the solo's like peaked and is coming back down, then it pretty much ends and and we go on from there. But yeah, you think this is going to be like a straightforward song, and it's not quite what you expect after listening to the title. Well, I was expecting a downer, and I got it. Obviously, quite as you'd expect from a song called Suicide. You know, the night is mine; it burns so black, and there will be no morning lights. But I feel it kind of evolves as the the song goes on. So it's not just the narrator talking about themselves, but it's almost saying how the world has effectively got to this stage where there's no hope and no way out. You're right, it's a downer. But <laughs> you expect it to just be from the narrator's standpoint, right? I'm ending it all. Yeah. But it's almost like no, the world's the world's done this to itself. It's you know, the it, only environmentally conscious song, I guess, yeah. in the canon. Yeah, yeah. Just no we sun, no... Destroyed by, uh, there, there is no way, no road at all. We are destroyed by our own plan. The air we breathe will kill us all. No one gives a damn. And then no sun, just clouds and poison rain. It, it's all about like the damage we're doing to the world, really, with yeah. the environment, as opposed to the damage we do to it with constant wars and shit. Yeah, I mean, there is a bit of that in there. You know, 10,000 years and all we got is suicide. If there be gods, then tell me why they make us kill and kill again. 
like we well. never learn from this pattern of behavior that seems to be a recurring theme on this on this album like looking back and seeing if you have learned <laughs> anything from your experiences and um yeah as we as we say the outlook's always quite bleak and the answer's no no we <laughs> Thing. The pre-chorus is just so brutal, man. Like raped and freezing victims of the dream again. Yeah, I that's mean, gotta that... be up there with like the most like you know graphic stuff they've ever put into a song. Yeah, I mean, it, it conjures up like images of like reliving that experience over and over and over again. And suppose that's what drives people to. You know the situation's hopeless. Like I can't get out of this. You're almost the the victim of your own experience as much as you want to move on. But yeah, like real, really insightful. Suicide and hopelessness. Yeah, it's just so much in that. Truly, our dark days are darker now. <laughs> we lie and cheat to our own selves. You know, the the only way out of this is to. You know, you lie to yourself and you keep telling yourself it will be okay and things will get better. Like, really, really weak and depressing. Yeah, that's pretty much the summation of this song. And there's some good outros, but the, yeah. the song is long and depressing. So, yeah, what have we got next? Bitch is the next song, which is a, a nice rock and roll number. Oh, yeah. Likes to bitch. And then you marry one. Hits straight out the gates like classic Phil style rock and roll riff. Just yeah, does the, it's, yeah. definitely is. But I'd say it sounds, even though it is that classic rock and roll sound, it still sounds more modern than the other classic rock and roll sound stuff they've done. If you get me, yeah, yeah, definitely does. I don't know if that's the the Cameron Webb influence, but like is this, feels like, this, it feels like there could be, but I don't think there is. I don't see any piano listed on the uh, inlay. No, I don't think there is. You almost you almost hear it in the background, kind of bit like mm. Rocket or something like that. But it's a song of cliches. It's... And the thing is, though, like even though there is none of that old school sound, it's lyrically, it's like 
what even more old school than the old school stuff it's like yeah. fat domino more than it is chuck berry man like you know i don't know where you go and i don't care that's like delta blue stuff that yeah. but yeah it, it's just the songs cliches i mean it's called life's a bitch like and it uses as you say the rock and roll standards it's all phrases and stuff that people have have come to know fear the man kill the snitch do you know what I mean? It's just so cliched, but it's awesome. I... Yeah. <laughs> cliched, but awesome is a good way to sum that one up. Yeah. But yeah, just again, like throwing in the references, you know, you better learn the game. I don't know if that is, because obviously they would have done the Triple H song at that point. So that yeah. would have been in there. The best um, callback is uh, the last two line, fear the sky, eat the rich. Just remember life's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Do we, do we want to call out the one before that? This might be a bit obscure. Oh no, bad news. No. Oh no, bad you? news. I don't think that's a shout to the band bad news. I just think it's more of the uh, bad news, shiny shoes, such as rhymes. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, you probably not. Play whatever you want, brother. Pro- probably not intentional, but obviously works with Rick and Aid a bit. Um, he's in the the bad news tour, isn't he? He is. He's aware uh, yeah, of bad yeah. news. He he does it in character and says the shit. Yeah, obviously Phil's been on um the young ones with him as well. That's how long he's been in the bands. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, again, song of cliches and again, just like some of the imagery. One of my favorite lines is, "I don't know what you see. I don't know the score, but if you don't like blood." You better close the door. <laughs> <laughs> that like, like again, that's it's... that's metal, isn't it? Like yeah. that phrase in the film. But then in the same song, you gotta make a tall man short to see you act this way, which again is so fucking blues. Yeah. <laughs> it's rhythm and blues. It's a lovely contradiction of songs that song styles that works perfectly. Yeah, I I, I love this song. <laughs> it's, it's a good song. Just when it kicks in. Yeah, make a poor man cry the way you run your life. Make a poor man laugh the way you run your wife. <laughs> <laughs> the way you run your wife? What does that even mean? Got to run suppose, in a hamster wheel somewhere? Well, I suppose it's like, you know, like if he could see you living the, your life the way you are, that'd make him cry. And same with the, the way he treats his wife, that she puts up with it. But I, I'm guessing it's because he's got money. Yeah. So, like, he, he does treat her like that because she'll come back because he's got money. That's the way I read that line. This is such a, a much more fun, enjoyable, upbeat tempo number than Suicide. <laughs> that's that's what I love about this album. Like, some of the songs are, like, really depressing, but you've got things like this, and Killers shouldn't be as upbeat as it is. Yeah, it good is. point. <laughs> um, even the next song as well, I feel... Like, What's the next song, Matt? Down on me. Down on me. Well, let's drop a needle on that and see how that goes.
<laughs> with that deadlock outro. So interesting uh, note about this song. Uh, Cameron Webb in this in the studio book comments on he knew Lemmy wasn't all that rough of a guy because he had a girlfriend at this point, and he said he seemed like a romantic. With that in mind, you look at this song. This is a this is a romance song. Yeah, it's you don't expect give your it from hands a song called "Give Your Arms to Enfold Me." Say the word, set me free, bring me in, out from the storm, keep me safe from scorn. Down on me. Never no, you, before. You you don't really expect it, seeing as you'd look at this first off and you think it's a song about blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's, that's... Maybe you did, you mucky pup, yeah? It's called Down On Me, and part of the chorus is give a sucker an even break, another emotion to fake. Down On I Me. I honestly never amazing. saw that connection, because I guess I'm just a pure of heart individual. But yeah, of, co- of course it's about that. <laughs> of course it's about that. I don't think so, man. Like, that, why, why you gotta be down on me is something people say. And it's like, what do you, what do you got my back for? I know it is the double meaning, like, but to, to me, it's the. To it, you, it's it, it, and that's fine. No, no, it's it's the give a sucker and even break another motion of fake. Like, I know you don't like doing this. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, mucky pop, yeah. Uh, is me trying to find depth and warmth. Than this song and Matt's just like nah. There, there is depth there. There is depth there. There's because de- this shouldn't be that deep. You know, sometimes there's nothing said. to say in the hard times. Do you know me, or are we all lost in the game? Mm. I think it's about let me just saying like, is this a good idea? This relationship thing because I've done this a few times before. It's never worked. But also, I'm getting on in years. Well, he didn't settle, did he? Because I'm, I'm not aware of him. He had long-term girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bit more every day. Really nice song. It's a really nice written song. Once you look at it, it's like yeah. one of the things that I kind of skipped over when I would do an album listen to. But now that yeah, I hear it back, yeah, I'm into it. One of the things I do like as well, it's the transition after the solo where it's, do you just get the, the chord ring out, dun, 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 and then mm. just little drum fill straight back into the chorus. It's like, awesome. Just, you know, stop, start to like the easy way to transition between like choruses and verses, but when they're done right, they just work. Do you think it needed Steve Vai on this song though? Like I would have been happy if they just took out the mid solo that and then just did the one chorus part. To be honest with you, yeah, like to I, you can tell it's Steve Vai on Terminal Show, but here because of the style of the song, I think you you could just assume it's it's like obvious listening back to it once you know. But like it's it kind of feels he does this because he's he's there. I think he's utilized a lot better on Terminal Show. Like yeah, I'm sure could have belted out like an amazing solo on this as well. Um but yeah it doesn't take anything away from the song. Maybe that's why the the outro's extended to give that solo time to breathe and everything. But I think it was done better on suicide. 
definitely with the um with the long outro solo that seemed to peak more but i don't know if that's because i preferred that sort of solo i'm sure there's people that would that would say the vice solo is better what are you on about but I suppose difference of opinion i just prefer the suicide one but it doesn't take away from from this because this song has no right to be as good as it is yeah there's, there's lots of little good takeaways from this man uh you can be a god or a fool it's your decision on its own just great advice yeah again shouldn't no right to be as profound as this first song about blowjobs any hoozle uh well have you thought that was about blowjobs i wonder what you think in the black is about go on uh well we're on to side c now because of the length side of this album. C. so disc yeah. two side one one <laughs> See that what we just talked about on the last one was about him saying like, is it a good idea to get into this relationship? I don't know. I might lose my whole rock and roll lifestyle thing. But mm. this one very clearly carries that motif on. You know, like the third verse is a uh, Eurovision make me shout out loud. I made my decision. Goodbye to the old crowd. And then he's coming over to ask her out. Can he please say yeah? Yeah, this the songs are paired well together. Um. The only thing that gets me about this is it seems a bit it seems a bit bland to me. I get I get what you you saying there because you've got that, and then even in the choruses, can't go back, can't go back, can't go back to who I was back then, or can't be who I was back then. Mm-hmm. And it does seem to sort of signal that change again, like we said, the motif of this album is almost being about change and looking back mm-hmm. on past experiences and moving on from there. But yeah, that's the only thing that gets me about this one. It's a bit, it's a bit bland. I guess he's just not used to talking about that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think it's. It just seems that I know we talked about cliches and reusing them to work well, but I, I don't feel that the cliched song because there there are bits of that, you know, really cheesy lines like I know like motion and ocean. Mm. Because I know that is what, well, notion they use rather than motion, rhyming that with ocean there. And it's just a bit like you feel like, oh, I don't like that rhyme at all. But I mean, it's 
it's harmless. It's not. It's not like you listen to it and cringe over it. But I, I just don't feel there's that much interest in in this. Like it's background noise to me. The one thing I have noticed though, um, on this album, it seems to be very fresh orientated. Mm. Even this because it's the chugging open open E strings on the guitars. And we've got that on a hell of a lot of the other songs as well. Well, I just like that he's putting himself out there. And he's telling a different story than the world is doomed. However, yeah. the uh, the choice of the title might be a bit uh, problematic. As to quote a Rolling Stone article, Lemmy said, I wrote it to get back at my black girlfriend. Ron Jeremy introduced us. And that's cool. We've been on and off for 20 years. We're still trying to keep it going. She doesn't tour with us. I don't allow that. I didn't tell her it was about her when I wrote it. She still doesn't know. As she probably does now. She's read that article. <laughs> if she's listening to this podcast now, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sort of put a different bit of spin and meaning on it that I'm not too sure if her... Oh, I mean, it's not just not too sure if I'm overly comfortable with it, but I'm not... It's probably one of the only songs on the album that I'm not... got a, a fondness for. I can take it or leave it. If it's on, yeah. I'll listen to it, but I won't go to this song to listen to it. It's one of my standards, really, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but that's like the chorus part of it and like the fact that it's just different than everything else. Mm. But it's... Think... Uh, so we're on to... Um, is it Fight. track eight? Fights. Yeah, what so, a tune this is, dude. Put the bass up, bro. Turn the bass up, bro, yeah. fucking metal it is again it is really metal it's again <laughs> really really thrashy yeah it's thrash-tastic yeah again like going in to this and motor we're a rock and roll band it's like i want you to make a heavy metal record it's like we don't do that it's like yeah. you do do that <laughs> maybe that's why there's so much like blues influencey stuff on there because in let me mind that's his way of fighting back against this new metal thrash tone but at the same time Cameron Webb's one half of the argument saying just just give me a bit of thrash here and there yeah maybe don't really know how like how those conversations works like maybe maybe Phil and um and Mickey took those on more as as coming up with more with more of the music um 
I actually found out as well. I was doing a bit of reading in the week, and I think Mickey's done an interview. I don't know who it's with. I think it's with like one of the drum podcasts. I'll have to have a have a look for it. But he was saying him and Phil came close to quitting during overnight sensation yeah, because they were coming that, yeah. a, a bit poppy, which he assumes from overnight sensation. Um, I'm assuming it's that song that would nearly push them over the edge hmm. with that like with that chorusy um acoustic guitar over the end. <laughs> but yeah, it's like as you say, it's completely completely the other way. Um really simple song. There's not a hell of a lot to talk about in the lyrics because a lot of it's the same words just repeated over again. I mean the one bit that annoys me a bit, it's in the second verse because there's laughing, laughing, laughing to our death. And there's like laughing, laughing, laughing to our final breath and it's a bit yeah, six I guess, times. <laughs> I think the repetitiveness, repetitiveness is kind of the point of it, though. If he's yeah. just trying to say how redundant, repetitive, and horrible this shit is, we get up to. That's how you nail the point, man. That's how you drive it home. Yeah, because what's a reaver, Matt? Reaver. A reaver. Uh, a reaver that's riding fast. Not really too sure. It sounds like a D and D class. Um, <laughs> I doubt it's that though. Not too sure. We'll look that up. Wraith, I'm um, thinking about. Oh, yeah, that could be. But yeah, so like you, a sickle. you're right in terms of, yeah, we've it's treading old ground with motorheads with songs about war and it is just fighting over and over and over again. They don't learn. It's just, mm-hmm. this is what you do, this is your life. And it shouldn't be. <sighs> but I'll tell you, the song is all right with me on this album just because it ends with him saying, You motherfucker. Da, 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 da. That's fucking cool. I like that. Is it better than, uh, um, is it in Desperate for You? I don't know why I was listening to that earlier. But there's a motherfucker. Oh, that's What's Up, What's Up, motherfucker. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's probably the better one because it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is just, uh, you know, stop killing each other, you motherfucker. Yeah. I like this song. I've got a lot of time for fights. Oh, and the beginning as well. And just put the bass up, will you? I like shit oh, like that, man. With yeah. Big snippets from the actual snippets from the actual recording. There's a few. There's a few times on here. Um, my favorite being um, the one on the final track, which I won't ruin until we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with it. What's the the best example? Um, Motorhead doing it in the whole catalog. God. Um, Pay the price. I think it might be on a B side though, and it just starts with them going, oh, I'm so drunk. <laughs> He's laughing. What uh, are you going to? Track number nine in the Year of the Wolf, which is a title in its own. The time of the tribe We took a thousand 
thoughts, 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 thoughts. Uh, I think it's done. Yeah, I think it's back. It's more settled into the classic style of writing. I think in terms of lyrics, mm-hmm. there's a lot more um, things which we've seen as standards from Motorhead, like the rhyming couplets. Uh, back it, it it goes yeah. back to rely on that method rather than trying things up. But I do. There is a lot in there which yeah, it's um, a long one. Well, it's I don't know if there's a term for this, but there's various lines that you feel should rhyme and they don't, but the words look like they should. So in the cold yeah, full moon, no, but in the cold full moon, blood, red desire, like you look at moon and blood, you've got the double O sound. You've got that a lot in this song and you feel like that should rhyme, but it doesn't. And again, like later on when I ran as the wolf and the sunburned low, like low and wolf, don't rhyme at all, but got some well, letters. Well, yeah, it's they share seventy five percent the same <laughs> letters because it's just yeah, you know, it's low rearranged with F on the end. It looks like it should. You look at it and it's like, how does that not rhyme? Because it's <laughs> it's just reversed. Do you know what I mean? It's like odd things like that, like just interesting like quirks in there, and it's. You're looking at it, it's like, is it intentional that it's like that, or is it just the way he's written the song? It's an interesting song, man. It's definitely different than everything that's on the album, because it's just, what if I was a wolf? Question mark. And here's a song about that. Again, you could could link it back with songs like um, Down On Me and In The Black, because it starts off, in in the year of the wolf, all smelled good. In the snow and ice, all the rest was blood. It's really primal. It's going back to those... It's about change as well, like we are saying, which is what the theme of the album is. It's going back to those survival instincts where, like, you know, if you... You know, it's to eat, sleep, reproduce. Mm. Like, and then it's changing again. So is is it more settling down, like, I was hunting for you? Like, that's... That's what I'm getting. So again, is it a continuation of that theme from those songs, or is it just a song about being a wolf? I guess it is. I, I was just thinking about uh, Gaelic mythology and how, like, there's like in Scotland and Ireland, there's the idea of wolf walkers, like witches, mm. like turning into wolves more than any other animal. Silky, I want to say, is the word, but that's probably not right because I think that's sea life. Whatever. I don't think there's many Gaelic historians that listen to this. But it works both ways, much like all the other songs. You mean There's... like lichen? Is that yeah. it? Because you get like lycanthropes are like werewolves, aren't they? Oh, okay. Is that what you're getting at? Or... Yeah, well, it, the, the werewolf... See, the werewolf imagery is something that's used in a lot of... Well, it's not common. It's something you find in a few rock and roll songs, isn't it? But yeah, this is definitely. definitely not werewolf. This is just like the animalistic. I'm just a wolf with the pack. Yeah. A weird conversation. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned it on the other songs as well. Like one of the things I do like, and this happens a lot on this album, is the lyrics are following Phil's guitar work. Mm. So it was the wolf in me. It was the wolf in me. Do you know what I mean? It's like his lyrics like follow the pattern set out by the guitar right. rather than, again, like an easier song or not an easier song, like a more basic song would just have the lyrics planted on top like they'll do for this 
yeah. but the way he's sort of using the lyrics to fit around the way Phil is moving around the fretboards, it's just little touches like that that add to it and to me make the songs feel more fleshed out and that's what seems to set this record apart from a lot of the other ones we've looked at it really picks up when it gets to like the choruses like it's a standard song up until then but like say when it what the lyrics work with the the guitar and the chorus and the, then you've got the you know double the vocals and stuff on it as well mm. a lot of stuff happening good song there is i mean I like it again. It's not one. It's not a go-to one, but if it's on, it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. But yeah, I think I this is. It, oh, yeah. No, no. I think it's just because it's a bit slower compared to what I usually listen to. <clears throat> but you know what's even slower than that, Matt? That's the next track. Well, uh, side D. So we have to <laughs> side D. It says we have to fold the album over two times, and then it turns into a boat, and you put the boat on the LP player. Tied to disc to keys to the kingdom. I would say that that is like the perfect because of the perfect example of how only Motorhead can write a Motorhead song. You I mean, where do some of the things in this song come from? You wouldn't hear this on any other record, bar maybe another Perfect Day. Yeah, that's a good show. Like that solo, there is nothing like that. That's my favorite solo on this album, and they've got Steve mm. I on this album. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, like, a... just the reverb and, and everything mm. on it, just that bright sound. And, and do you know what? It, sound, it sounds stupid to talk about, like, the best thing I like about the solo is when it ends. But it's almost like a perfect transition back into that sort of plodding, almost, again, bluesy-type riff. Like, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> like, it's go from this... It's so well, man. Yeah, go like from this step harder as well. Yeah, go from this like ballad type solo where you could imagine any other bands like you know, 
lighters in the air and all that shit, and then to go back <laughs> just into the Western style riff they've got on there. What are they doing? Like this shouldn't work. Amazing though. Like love this song. I don't again, I don't know why, but it, it doesn't seem to stick out on the album, but when you listen to it, it's like this is this is awesome. It's so well written. Yeah, it's again like the blues thing, like we talk about a, a lot where it's sort of like standards, like as in sort of coming back, you come back to the same line, all down to bad luck, all down to bad luck. Like that's repeated constantly as these situations evolve. But we've got, there's the humor in there as well. It's crippled by cold, blinded by fear. Again, using like standards, which we've all seen and heard before. Looking for God, but they say he ain't here. Brilliant. That's, that's like one of my favorite motorhead lyrics, full stop. That's like top five motorhead lyrics there. Mm. Because it, it is, it's funny at the same time. It's like the bluntness of, it sums up his whole worldview about people and religion. Like when you show up at the mm. front door of the church and they say, sorry, fellow, no luck, try it somewhere else. Yeah. Like, Your guy's meant to be looking after me. Yeah, but he's not in today. Sorry. Yeah. Like who's he, who's he having a go at here? Because, like, just that, that phrase, well, vampire, vampire Deluxe, it just, it's not just a vampire that sucks the life out of you, it sucks the very soul out of you. It's that a bit carved on a stone, the world's epitaph, walk through the graveyard, just have to laugh. Again, you've done it to yourselves, this is the natural evolution of things. You've got the keys to the kingdom there, and you're going to show up on the door sooner than you fucking think. Yeah, yeah, and they, they mean nothing at all. Mm-hmm. At well. least we could do the harder we tried, the better we lived, the sooner we died. Oh, that's brilliant. That. So we were all I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've talked about the looking for God, but they say he ain't here. Like that's you've talked about this before about writing a song and yeah, I've written that lyric that'll do for today. There's <laughs> two of those lyrics in this song. <laughs> I disagree. I think they're like the hardest ones to come up with, the ones that say everything in in such a succinctly perfect way. Mm. It it starts off so heavy, like death in the stars, rain in the wind. Was there's another bit I like? Um, uh, high in the sky, letters of fire, the names of the saints, the thieves, and the liars came to the funeral out of pure spite. Oh, oh yeah, that's just oh. I I mean I mean that I get I get the the impression that he's he's sort of in the church and like high in the sky and letters of fire as you know the sun's beaming through the stained glass because you've got the names of the saints the thieves and the liars that that image comes conjures that up out yeah, of there but that's the way I feel about oh that's the impression I get from that but yeah came to the funeral at pure spite brilliant the only part i didn't like about the song in the past was how the choruses start with king of frustration and then what is the next one king, king aggravation. aggravation just it's a bit of a weird pairing of words mm. it's it sounds a bit off to the ear yeah i you can see exactly what he's what he's going for like you say it's you know, it makes sense when you sit down and look at it, like especially because yeah. it all builds up to King of Starvation, Vampire Deluxe, like that, like you were saying, that's sucking the lives out of people. Now everyone's starving. Yeah, you say like those lyrics kind of work better on 
on paper than they do in a song, but the, the choruses are brilliant. Because they, they are memorable keys to the kingdom. God hates your guts. God hates your guts is a great line as well. And then it ends with, okay, congratulations, we hate your guts. Yeah. <laughs> Good song, though. I'm yeah, a fan of that. Great song. Yeah. But great I'm also... Smiling uh, like a killer. Excellent. Drop it down. Drop that needle. Do you know what I like about this song? It's like it's how fucking relentless it is. Like yeah, the chorus break is just a chugga chugga chugga, and it just keeps going. If it wasn't for that solo, it would have been just all like one minute long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, it is just straight for it. Again, bit of a callback to Killers at the start. I mean, it's is it a lazy doing two songs that are solely about Killers? But I suppose it is coming from a from a different standpoint because that first song is you know you you live that lifestyle you're ready for battle and you're always sort of ready to do this whereas this seems i'm just gonna kill a murder for the fun of it yeah this is uh, just classic 80s metal shit man it's just yeah. like you know there's the monster at the door there's the thing under the bed Ooh, baby baby it's gonna kill you somehow that's sexy i don't know it's it works yeah i mean there's it's like throw every cliche <laughs> at it there um yeah just some of the lyrics i do like that even though it's just throw it at the wall see what'll stick because you've got like freeze your smile stop your heart creep and crawl and sliver there's things there's things like that in there but it's like in the evening we can dance piggy in the middle almost like he's obviously enjoying this because Mm -hmm. he's smiling he's smiling and laughing about killing everyone but he's making it a game like he's toying with you (laughs) it's like and do you know what he finds it funny you know, it's like people are terrified from being yeah. killed by this guy and he's playing piggy in the middle with them. Do you know what I mean? He's got them in the middle and dancing around. And everything. It's just, I, I just like that lyric. It's it's the lyric that always annoyed me about the song, to be honest with you, because it just sounded yeah. so silly. Oh, if, you, if you look at it like what it's actually about, it's just about like the uh, the unknown part of community, I guess, is because it's... it's because it's about I'm the knock at your door, like I'm the creepy homeless guy that's hanging around your school. Like you know, it's possible that I'm out there, and you know, all, all it takes for one person, all it takes is for one person to just say, "Fuck society, I'm going to be a serial killer." Yeah, I do. Because you're right about about that. It's it does start off as like the cliches, like in the dead of night, peeking in the window, and you know, all this like occult thing. But then he sort of brings it round that it's it is the creepy homeless guy and, and things like it's like real world things it doesn't matter if it is the scratching zombie claw in your twilight zone which is an amazing line in my opinion and one of the standout lines from the album um but most it's not like that it is 
it is the guy with the razor to your throat. It's it's not a cult. It's not it's not otherworldly and everything anything. It's visceral. It's primal. It's knives and stabbing, and that's how it is. Do you not think this song could have been like a bit more, you know, up tempo, like a bit faster than it was? Is there a faster version? No, I think I think there could have been. I I could have seen that being a little bit like, you know, speeded up, thrashier. It's thrash as it is, but it could be thrashier. Yeah, I th- I think it's a good yeah, speed. Right. There's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change that. I won't make it faster. <laughs> but. Because I mean, you know, it's, I mean o- it's only like two and a half minutes as it is. <laughs> well, the you know the complete opposite of that is the the next song, the uh, the single from the album, a nice acoustic jam to send us home. Yeah, it's the whole house blues. about Motorhead uh, saying let's fuck this rock and roll thing off and uh, just open up a whorehouse yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> about how this would have been around the 30 year mark that seems like sort of come off more oh yeah because it's it was yeah I always I always kind of get confused with the the dates on them because like do you take it from 77 or do you take it from 75 oh, but technically this is 2000 I know I know but yeah, it has come out. Or oh, they do. They did release a 30th anniversary version of this, didn't they? This album. Can't remember what what extras on I guess it. That's but... why the uh, the three snuggle tubes from the cover symbolise three years. Well, yeah, didn't think of that before. But yeah, it's just it's totally oh, out of left field. response. Yeah. totally like, out of left field. Trying different things. I just took one random song on the album. Uh, why not? Always a yeah. good staple to this when you played this one because you knew it was like, oh, that's the prelude to the end of the show. We're almost done here. Yeah, it gave, it gave everyone a bit of a, a break. Like, yeah. I'm not, it's not, it's not the piss break song. It's, no, God, no. God, no. Like, this is what you looked forward to just to hearing this, the harmonica, like, you know, the, the Jack the, and Coke. It's kind of fucking crazy for the fucking harmonica solos. I remember those gigs, yeah. man. Oh, this was a really good time to see Motorhead Live on it. Yeah, yeah. It like it was my first motorhead gig, um, two thousand four at the Octagon in Sheffield, and that was a fantastic venue because it was shaped like an octagon. And I can't believe more venues haven't done this. <laughs> that wherever you wherever you stand in there, you're close. 
it's not like the traditional like you know, rectangular shape yeah, where yeah. if you're at the back you are at the back but because the middle is so wise generally wherever you are you're always quite close the rios and bradford was like that and it was fantastic for for bands because you always felt like it was really intimate obviously motorhead coming out doing all the classics all like this new stuff and then that surprise of throwing throwing this in and where they like, throw them the acoustic guitars from the side of the stage. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love some of the nods in there. Like I know you said, like, you know, it, it never looked like enough honey even after 30 years. That there's another nod I love as well, and it's right towards the end. And it's like, you know, life's full of surprises. You know, we do that too. Like almost as like winking at the audience that, you know, it's full of surprises. You don't oh, expect yeah. this coming to this show. <laughs> But yeah, we we can do this. Well. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it's pretty much all you can say about that that song. It's very you know it's it's about what it is. There's nothing hidden. There. Uh, the album itself, though, man, man. Um, would you make any changes? Would you move anything around? I don't know. To be honest, there's a lot of nostalgia value for me with this album and. Well, that's what I said about Hammered, and looking at it objectively, objectively, this is a better album than Hanum, Hammered. I, I love this album, start really? to finish. Yeah. Like, there's, apart from what's in the middle, it's, side C is all that lets it down for me, and it's just in the back and fight, just because I haven't really got that much to say on them. But that's two songs out of the 12, and they're not, they're not to the point where I want to skip them. Mm. Like I, I'd love this album start to finish. Like for me, it's, it's top five. It, it really should be considered with the light. I know people consider like Ace of Spades up there. I personally don't, but in terms of like the classics, like Overkill and Bomber, it's up there for me. It really is. All I would do is maybe move uh, down on me somewhere towards the in-between smile like a killer and all house blues, just yeah. out the way there. So it's not gotten rid of completely. It's just mixing up the tempo. Where Apart from that, fucking great album, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you talk about, like, I don't know if all house blues works as a closer or not, but I think it's perfect in this context because it's been so relentless. Yeah. All the way through. Like it, it hasn't given the audience a moment to breathe and, and then it's you know, acoustic guitars out and it's just nice, chilled and relaxed and it's like just the little nods as you say at the end, can we go now? For <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> well, must have been a difficult process bringing a new producer, that's probably what uh, how they all felt. <laughs> it's like are we done recording this yet? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's lots and lots of fond memories of this album. And for me, there's a lot in there that became instant classics. Like, I know Terminal Show wasn't played live, but I love that song. That's included on, like, playlists I have. Killers always seem to get broken out uh, at regular stages. Yeah. Name of Tragedy was played a hell of a lot. Whorehouse Blues oh, was played. Solo in uh, Name of Tragedy at one point, didn't they? Sorry? They put the drum solo in Name of Tragedy at Yeah, one. yeah, they did towards the end, but I, I don't know if that was because of, like, we've noticed this towards, like, the last few years where things like Sacrifice and, oh, what else did they used to break out the drum solo in? Can't remember now. 
but some of the quicker songs seem to get moved aside and everything. But yeah, you're right. They did put start putting the drum solo in the middle of this. Um, but yeah, just just so many songs that seem to last right up until the final tour. And as I say, there was there's songs on there which I love, which I think are classics and were never played live. Um, but I, to me, it says something about the longevity of the album where they kept things like Killers and Hot House Blues in for as long as they did. Because a lot of the '90s albums, especially, there's nothing that that got played towards the end. And generally, with the newer albums, it was right. We're putting those new ones because they're there, they're there to sell the new album, yeah, sell the match. But yeah, well, um, we won't play anything from that on the tour after this. But there is a hell of a lot that seemed to, to to stay in there. Fan favorites, loads of them. But yeah, love love this album. Well, we've talked about it for two hours, and we've not said anything bad about it. So that's two thumbs up from me. Yeah, definitely. Like in terms of you know casual fans, if you're only familiar with the Bronze Era stuff, listen to this. You would you like, say it's a good album to start on? Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of everything in there. I think maybe it's not indicative of Motorhead as a whole because, or the career as a whole, because there's a lot more metal in there than rock and roll. Sure. But in terms of if you want a good album that's filled with interesting ideas, this like lyrics are brilliant. The the musicianship is amazing. The songwriting, even in terms of structure, quite simple, but does a few things to change it up here and there to keep it interesting. Just Cameron Webb got the best out of this band at this time, and it's. I guess that's why they kept using them. They knew yeah. it. Well. Yeah, saying, seeing as this this lineup's been together since '91, so they've been together nearly 15 years at this point, and to get an album like this out of a band that's. You know what? Are, what are we on now? We won't count March or Die, but um, Bastards, Sacrifice, uh, Overnight Sensation, uh, Snakebite Love, We Are Motorheads, uh, Hammered, seven albums in mm-hmm. out of this lineup, and to get an album like this, you can't say that for many bands. And technically, seventeenth album mm-hmm. for Lemmy, but yeah. The band, the band's, or this iteration of the band's seventh album being this good, it's it's not heard of. This amazing album, love it, start to finish. High praise indeed. Couldn't say it any better myself. I guess that is Inferno covered thoroughly. So the next album would be Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death, two thousand six. Uh, I've been I've been listening to the Kiss of Death a lot more recently, and there's. I'm not saying it's as good as this, but I'm coming round to it. There's a, a particular trio of songs on there, which probably will, people will guess what I'm on about. There's there's three songs on the trot in there, which are brilliant. Well, we'll have to discuss that next month on the Motorhead Monthly Podcast. That is unless we find something else to fill the episodes out, because I know you people only want to tune in to listen to the album stuff, and you've not seen the very clever things we have to say about all the other crap in between. So I might force you to listen to that. What are you going to do about it? Nothing, that's what. That'd be a good catchphrase for this podcast, man. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy it or what else. <laughs> Enjoy it or just go fucking somewhere else, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, that's us. Uh, see you again next month here on the Motorhead Monty Podcast or online at topatakeens.com, uh, Top Keynes YouTube, which is up to 150 subs now. It's pretty good. Nice. And uh, this is on uh, Spotify as well. So search for us on Spotify. See ya. Catch you again. Mm-hmm.